Well, I'm doing my second message in this series of faith, and uh, you've got to throw in a different topic every so often. And I was playing with the idea of what is faith and how do we understand faith? How can I better comprehend faith? How can I pass on the information of faith? And there's nothing quite like Lego. If you don't know what Lego is, you have missed out. Lego has been around for centuries. No, not quite centuries, but decades. Decades and decades. And it is a favourite pastime of mine growing up. I know we had tons and tons of Lego. You, get the, you buy the Lego in the box, you spend all this money, someone's come up with this great concept of design, now they design it with computers. You rip open the packets, you build the model, it looks lovely, and then you tear it down and you use it for something else. My, uh, my son's got into Lego a, few, a little, little while ago, only a little while ago, and... Uh, he tries to keep his Lego built. He's had some friends over who destroyed the Lego and then we had to rebuild the Lego, but most of his Lego is, is either in two places, the models that he really likes and then a big tub. And we got one of those drawstring bags. Have you ever seen one of those? It's where you basically pick up the bag and it's all together. But my kids love Lego. Now they have all different kinds of Lego. They have Legos for boys. They have Legos for girls. They have Legos for underwater and in space and castles. They have everything that you can think about. They have this special Lego for girls. I don't know if you've seen it. Charlotte's got some, and it's completely different to the boys or to the other stuff, I should say, not the boy stuff. But uh, Lego is one of those things that everybody can do, and you, you go through the different ages. I think they start with Duplo the big bricks, and then they build upon that. And there have been so many different people that have tried to copy it. But there's nothing quite like Lego. You can buy that cheap stuff, cheap imitating Lego, but it doesn't quite click the same. It doesn't, nothing works quite the same. And I don't know if you've seen, I've, seen, I've watched a, a documentary on the, the factory of Lego. And Lego is this huge, huge factory. It's all automated and um, they still pack it by hand, but believe it or not, um, they are moving into being recyclable or the Lego is being recyclable which is quite amazing but uh, they have this huge factory and uh, I remember watching this documentary and they, they showed you how they made it with all the dyes and they had all these dyes and tubs and tubs of different Lego and warehouses all computerised it was quite fascinating well I found it fascinating you might be asleep by now but if Lego is a fulfilling pastime that most of us have experienced. If you haven't, come over to my place, I'll bring out the Lego. and we can, You can experience the joys and the frustrations of Lego. There's nothing quite stepping on Lego in the middle of the night. We'll have to set up a, an obstacle course for you, Michael, just to get you trained and ready. It'll be pitch black and we'll have this crying child and you have to go into the room and step over all the Lego. And you'll get the joys of knowing what it feels like to be jammed into your foot when you're half asleep and your eyes are half closed. But Lego is a very, very simple concept. It is a plastic brick. I wish I come up with this concept because it is fascinating. Today, it comes in all different shapes and sizes. But it all has a simple concept of joining together and building things. 
The simple concept of taking different pieces and building on it. To form different shapes using different patterns. And, and I better watch myself. I'm going to get engrossed in this and lose track of what I'm doing. But it's a simple concept. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Building upon building to do what you want it to do. Now they come up with all these weird things, but if you get into the technical stuff, they have all these techniques that you can make stuff motorized and move. My son loves it. Oftentimes he'll get me to play with him or he'll want me to play with him um, simply because the stuff I build is a little bit better than what he builds. And I remember one time he said, Dad, how did you get so good at making Lego? Now he's, I think he was eight or nine at this age. And I was like, oh, because I played with it so much. But playing Lego is a lot of fun. And you build things and you rip them apart. But the simple concept is you put things together, you change the shapes, you take away, you put away, you add in, take, change things in all bits and pieces. But the most frustrating thing of it all, of course, is when you can't find the bit you want. And you're rummaging through and so it's got that sound Lego does, that rummaging through of Lego. And I remember asking Zef, can I borrow some Lego for Sunday? He says, what do you want it for? For my message. But I remember him asking me, he says, how did you get so... No, I'm not that good, I've got to be honest with you. I would never even attempt to go onto that show called Lego Masters. Um, I will get kicked out in the first week if I even got to that bit. But my simple response to him when he, when he asked those questions of how do you get so good was practice. Practice, practice, practice. I built so many things in my life in Lego that you just get to understand how the system works. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. But practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. What we practice, what we put into practice, becomes permanent in our lives, not perfection. Because there is no such thing as perfection. Playing Lego, making mistakes, developing the designs, help me become a better Lego builder. Now I don't, like I've said before, claim to be the master of all Lego, but... To my son, who's nine, I'm awesome. And I'm going to keep that. I'm not quite good enough to be on Lego Masters, but I'm good enough to keep my son happy. And if you ever watch that show, Lego Masters, there's this guy, the host, who's got a nickname called the Brick Man. And he has a job working for Lego. I have no idea how he got that job, but I so want to talk to my guidance counsellor because that has got to be the most awesome job, isn't it? Playing with Lego all day. Building stuff. Apparently there's a um, Lego amusement park in England where everything is made out of Lego and they hire Lego makers to make more stuff. I'm like, I don't live in England. But anyway. And uh, if you've ever seen some of his stuff, he's, he's kind of good. Actually, he's kind of magnificent at Lego building. And he builds these phenomenal things that they now do shows on all over the place. And it, If you're not very good, it can make you feel inadequate. And he builds animals that look like animals. I have trouble building stuff, but anyway. 
And if you ask him, does he ever make mistakes? And you say, yes, he does. But the good thing about Lego is you can take bits off and you can add bits and you can change bits. And if you make a mistake, you can pull it apart. Of course, you don't want to drop it just before you get to finish. But if you've watched that show, it's hilarious, um, especially when the time is crunching down and there's such a hurry to get something done. Um, they're right behind in time and then the last minute it drops on the ground and smashes into a million pieces or something and they have to piece it back together. I remember one time they actually had to build a tower and he was talking about how many bricks they need to lay and uh, they had to lay, lay a certain amount of hours and it was quite a high amount and Brick Man was um, saying, you better get a move on. But they did it quite imaginary, but they obviously have sore thumbs and all the bits and pieces. But I want to let you know that faith can be similar. Faith can be similar to making Lego, playing with Lego, building with Lego. And oftentimes you won't find the bits you need or the colors you want, and you have to make alterations to the design, or you have to compensate for what is before you. But we all start off with the same thing. We all start off with a single brick, a measure of faith. And it doesn't matter whether you were born into Christianity or whether you came into it later in life. We all have a measure of faith. We all believe in something. You may believe in God. You may believe in yourself. You may believe, I don't know, in the, the tooth fairy that... Uh, whatever you want to believe in, but we all have a measure of faith that we are able to believe in something. Without that first brick, without that first little bit, you have nothing to build upon. You'll have nothing, no starting point. And so we all have a measure of faith. We all have a first little brick and like I said faith is like building Lego it's done little by little brick upon brick you build something you're not quite happy with how it comes out so you change it you find different pieces or maybe you can't find a piece and you have to substitute another piece and so you alter your actually original design just by what you're adding and what you're taking away and the journey of faith is like building with Lego. You get to choose your design, or maybe God has the finished design, but we all have a picture of where we want to get to. And we decide which pieces we put in place. We can put in negative pieces, and we can put in positive pieces. We can add to it, we can take away. We get to choose the pieces that we use in life. We get to choose whether or not we are going to function in our faith or whether or not we're going to leave it to the side. If you're anything like me, as soon as you start playing Lego, you have to finish the design that you're doing. Many a times I've been sitting in a very awkward position, playing Lego on the floor with my son. My back is sore, my hand is sore. I've got a cramp. I'm thirsty, but I've got to finish this design. My son looks over and he's excited because I'm building something that he doesn't have the conscious thought to build. 
And our age comes into practice, in play because the longer we've walked through this process, the longer we've spent time building Lego, the more wisdom we have in understanding how to actually build our faith. We've gone on journeys. We've experienced different obstacles in our ways. And then you come across the obstacle where you can't find the peace you want. The frustration will set in as you search through the Lego again. Over the parts that you've already looked, trying to find the solution. You might have to change the design, but you still believe in the overall design of what you're doing. If you're trying to build a helicopter, the helicopter might be different from what you're trying to build, but it will still be somewhat looking like a helicopter. You find a solution. And you still believe that you can build it. You continue no matter what, how many problems arise. You keep pushing on. You keep finding the solutions in a simple concept like Lego. But it's interesting how we can do certain things with Lego. But when it comes to real life, when the challenges come into place, when the solution cannot be found initially, we want to bail. We want to quit. We focus so much on the storm of life rather than the purpose of the storm. Let me let you know of something that I have learnt. This is paramount. If you can grab hold of this and you take hold of this through whatever you go through in life, it will change the way you see everything. The obstacle in front of you is the way through. But going through the obstacle is where you build your faith. Most of the time when we, become, we come up against an obstacle, the first initial thought is, is there a way around? Can I go under it? Can I go over it? Because we don't want to go through it. Because it's hard. My brother was telling me when, they, when he was down at Duntroon with the army, they would have to do obstacle courses, and at one point in time, we saw his obstacle or the obstacle course they had. And the amount of times they had to go over and over and over and complete it differently, and you know they'd be doing it one day, think, oh, yeah, this is not too bad. The next day they go do a four, you know ten k hike with a full backpack with forty kilos on your back, and then they come in and go, all right, now we're doing the obstacle. And they'd change where you were situated. Sometimes they'd do it at night time. Sometimes they'd do it early in the morning, you know, especially in those cold Canberra mornings where it's like minus a million. Right? See how Lego can be so frustrating. You start building it and all of a sudden you drop it. Oh, that was a perfect example of not what I wanted to do. I don't know how many times that's happened to me in life. You know, you think you're going well. And all of a sudden... You drop it, you apply too much pressure and the whole thing comes crashing down. But it's like life. Building this obstacle or going through the obstacles of life, trying to build what you think is substantial. And then something happens. Your world is turned upside down and you drop it all again. I'll get this. It will look like something at the end. 
Oh, don't you just love life sometimes? But that's what it is. It's the obstacle in front of you is the way through. We want to find the easy way. We want to find the way where I don't have to actually go through it. But sometimes God allows the obstacle because he knows if you go through it, what you'll actually gain is greater than what you had before. The way it's always through. But in our nature, we want to find that easy road. We want to find that easy path. Because somewhere in our lives, we, we think that as soon as we become a Christian or as soon as we become a believer, life should be easy. Nothing hard should be in front of you. But there is a simple process that when we go through the obstacle, when we pass through it, and we choose to believe that the outcome is a positive one, that God is working for our good, it's believing that a positive purpose, regardless of the surrounding situation, will come about. It's coming through then seeing that everything worked out for good. We don't want to go through the obstacle because it's hard, but when we actually get through the obstacle, we, oh, yeah, that wasn't that bad. And if you look at the obstacles that you've passed in your life, you'll see they weren't exactly as bad as we once thought. But just at that point of impact with that obstacle, we see it as a greater problem than what it actually is. Because we focus too much on the storm rather than the purpose of the storm. And faith is believing in God regardless of what is surrounding you. Faith is holding on to the very small little things that you might have and going, I don't understand what is going on. I'm out of my depth, but I know, God, you are here because you said you are. It's believing that the outcome of the Lego build will still look like the plan, regardless of the struggle of the build. There are seven steps to building an uncommon faith that I found. Just seven. But they're really simple. And most of us will actually know them. Most of us will know these seven. But I wonder if we actually apply them. Step one. The first thing is you have to receive Jesus as the developer of our faith. And in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, without believing in Jesus, we cannot build our faith. We, can me we cannot merely believe that Jesus exists and hope that that will build something. He needs to have a place in our life. He must be more than just a person. He develops our faith because he is the living word. Not a book, but the breath of the very word. Step two, make the word of God the final authority. In Proverbs 4.20 it says, My son, give attention to my words. 
Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from my sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Depending on whose authority is over your life or whose authority you have in your life will depend on whose rules your decisions are based upon. Our decisions will always go through our values and our ethics systems, our subconscious level. But what is the ultimate authority in life will always have the end say. If we decide, if I decide to put my wife as the ultimate authority, which she might enjoy, right, it means that everything I do will have to go through her and she will get final say. Even if I want to do, like, but I want to have a burger for lunch. No, we're not. We're having salad. But I want to have a burger for lunch. No, we're having, okay, I'll have salad. Right? Depend on who your authority is in your life or who is over you will depend on what your final decisions are, how they're changed or how they're manipulated or how they're affected. For me, God is my ultimate authority. I have chosen in my life to put God as the ultimate authority. I cannot make that decision for anyone else. You have to make that for your own. That means that when I want to do something... This becomes the ultimate authority in my life. Meaning if what I want to do is contrary to this, there will be these feelings inside of me called conviction that will stir up and say, hey, this is not right. And I don't conform the word of God to my life. I conform my life to the word of God. And if my ultimate authority over my life is anything but God, right? if it's based on my desires, right, and we all have these desires according to the flesh, then that's what will rule me. Step three, you've got to feed on the word. In Matthew 4, 4 it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, whatever I put in me, I get a result from. If I put the right fuel in my car, I will get a good result. Well, maybe enough of a result, right? But if I put unleaded petrol into a diesel motor, do you know what you get? A big bill. Because the wrong fuel going into the wrong engine does not work. And if I put the right fuel into the right motor, I get a good result. If I only eat junk food, oh, wouldn't that be nice, right? Can you imagine that? Your new diet, the doctor comes out and says, the best diet in the world to lose weight is just to eat hamburgers. To eat steak. Oh, yes. If you only eat junk food, if you only eat the rubbish, you know, the trash that comes in those bags, right? And you don't eat any healthy food. You eat tons of sugar, tons of carbs, all those bad things, right? Do you know what the result will be? You will be huge. But if I eat healthy, if I eat a balanced diet, then guess what? I'll be healthy. My body will be healthy. My mind will be a lot healthier. 
And if I spend time in the Word, inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to me through the Word or about the Word, then I retrieve from the Word what is actually given and it's called life. Step four, meditate on the Word. Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Whatever we spend time thinking on will take root in our lives. Think of it like chewing a, a piece of meat. As we chew the taste permeates through our mouth. And as we meditate and think on and dwell on whatever what it is, it will permeate through our mind, right? If I'm thinking about what is being written in the Word, if I'm thinking about what God has said to me about the Word, then it permeates through my life. I can take a passage of Scripture, get one little nugget out of it, think on it for the whole single day and it will permeate through me and transform me. It just depends on what we do. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is anything, Excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Have you ever noticed that positive people never have to deal with negative, oh, that are always positive? And there's a reason why they're positive, it's because they know that if they're negative, they're not going to get a positive result from it. They sit there and dwell on good things, they don't sit there and look at the bad things. They move on from the negative things and move into what is in front of them. Number five, act on the word. James 1.22, But prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. James 1.22. See, if we only hear the word, now you have to understand the context of this, right? In the days of Jesus, or when this was written, no one had Bibles. The printing press had not been invented. And in most towns, there was one copy of the Torah. And the reason why is because it took one person a year to write. And so it was quite expensive, as you can imagine. And so that a town that had a decent amount of people and had a synagogue would have one copy. And so when, when James is talking about be hearers of the word, he's talking about the fact that the scriptures were read out to the people. There are times in the Bible that we see when Jesus is even in the temple. When he's 12 years old and his parents can't find him and they find him in the temple. This is when he, they were reading the scriptures out to the people. Because it's, it's not like you could take your Bible home and read it whenever you want or when it was convenient because you simply didn't have one. I remember a story of the Chinese people in jail and they would smuggle pages of the Bible in. And they would spend time memorizing the page and then they would give it to somebody else. 
And they might only be lucky to get one page between, I don't know how many, a hundred odd prisoners. Put in there because of their faith, not because they had committed a crime. If we only hear what the word says and never be doers of it, or perhaps another way to put it is, if we are only readers of the word and we never actually put what we read or hear into practice, then no change will take place in us. No life will dwell within us. Putting into action what the word sells is paramount to change. Can you imagine trying to read the inst- or if you read the instructions of the IKEA, whatever you bought, right? And then putting it together and it, it came out to how it was supposed to look? Can you imagine trying to read some of those instructions or never to use those instructions and trying to put an IKEA bookcase together? It might end up like a bedside table. Number six, pray in the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude 1.20. See, praying in the Holy Spirit is vital. It's so important. And I have found that when I am thinking, that when I am meditating on a problem, or even sin in my life, when I am meditating on the challenges that are before me, the obstacles that stand before me, stress that I might be calling my beautiful, beautiful wife or my children, right? That if I pray in the Spirit, a solution comes. Praying in the Spirit is a way of awakening your spirit, charging your spirit, lifting your spirit up to hear from God's Spirit. And if I don't feed my spirit, then my spirit will not be open. But praying in the spirit, I open my flesh to the spirit in a way in order to feed it. Number seven, continually giving God praise. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Philippians 4, 6. Positive thinking has become a major tool to successful people in life. Positive people find the positive in any or all situations. When we are negatively charged, we find the negative in the situation. And we are negative by nature. And no one likes to hang around the negative person because it's all doom and gloom. Right? We want to find that person who's the positive one and hang around them because life is better. You can never, you will never get out of a negative situation by only reflecting on the negative. And when we are giving God the praise, doesn't matter whether it be a bad situation or a good situation, we are, both rep- we are reflecting on the positive situation in that. I mean, the world can be crumbling around you and yet you can still find the positive in the situation. And you can still praise God in that situation. Many a times, like people ask me all the time, you know, what's going on with your arm? And I tell them, it's not a good situation. But realistically, I should be dead. And it's only by the grace of God that I missed the tree by about an inch. 
That's what it comes down to. And it's easy to sit there and look at my, my life and say, hey, it's not fair, right? Or I can find something good out of it or draw something good out of it or even possibly be the good from it. But when we are giving God the praise in a difficult situation and we are not filling ourselves with our own praise and we are always acknowledging Him, then that is what we call true praise, true worship. When even in the midst of a situation, we can be honouring God. When I was at Bible college, my, my, my mother bought me the Fox Book of Martyrs. And if you've never read it, prepare yourself to read it and then read it. Because there are stories and tales of where people put it all on the line for God. You'll feel very inadequate. But there's stories of where people just had faith. When we build our faith, it's building precept upon precept. One layer on top of another layer. And it will never be finished because it finishes only when you do. But you can't finish anything until you first start it. You can't finish a piece of Lego. Oh, this is really cool. I can turn them on. Without breaking it. Flashy lights. You can never finish anything until you first start it. It's just, it's, it's absolutely impossible. But we build our faith precept on precept. The faith you had last year should have grown this year. The faith I had five years ago, 10 years, 20 years ago has grown. I've had to put my faith in God because we've faced some difficult situations where you sit there and go, God, if you don't come through, we got nothing. I'm gone. I'm finished. God, if you don't help us give us wisdom for our son, I don't even know what I would want to think about what would happen. If you don't give us wisdom of how to build this church, well, it's going under. But God is building faith. And if he's building faith in you, he's building faith in me. And he takes me through different circumstances and situations and said, Pete, just believe. Just hold on. Believe. I'll be there. I'll be there. And he has been faithful every step of the way. When times when the bank account of the church looks like it's going lower. Now, for some of you, that doesn't mean too much. But that's where my wage comes from. If I don't get paid, we don't eat. Right? And as I watch sometimes the bank account, I've got to go, God, I'm just believing. I've got to believe, right? Only you can have do this. I can, I can stand and I can pray and I can do this and this and this, but you can only bring this in. You can make this. I can't ring up everyone and say, hey, um, and we can go into that if you really want to. And there are churches that get a little bit crazy and they monitor everyone's tithing. And then when you haven't tithed one week, they ring you up and say, excuse me, what's going on? But see, my faith has to be in God, not in you. 
So God is teaching me, increasing my faith to know that no matter what happens, if I believe and if I keep going, if I move on, there will always be enough. But we build our faith like we build Lego, precept upon precept, line upon line, brick upon brick. You will go through difficulties. Sorry, it's a fact of life. And you can choose to see the negative. You can choose to go, oh, it's too big, it's too hard. Or you can choose to know that you know that God is there. And even though when the situation is bigger than what we understand, what we've ever been through before, and I can't see God actually moving, I've got to have faith to, have, to know that He is. And this is when I go back to His Word. And I read His Word and I see in the past that He came through for these, these people that I have never met. And He came through for them. And He came through for them. Because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That means we have had so many people that have gone before us, that have gone through tremendous difficulties and struggles. That sometimes we think our little, little tiny thing is so gigantic. I've been reading the great men of faith of the past and reading their stories. I read one, well, I have this book that's broken up into whole different people and their stories. And I was reading about this one guy that I'd never heard of before. And he lost all eight of his children. <laughs> all eight. And he never quit. He never surrendered. He never gave up. He just kept going. That's inspiring to me. Because even in those difficult situations, which I cannot even grasp, he kept going. And there are so many stories of people going through tremendous difficulties and challenges and never ever quitting, just holding on to the faith, building it precept upon precept, line upon line. And if you want to know this world right now, this world right now with everything crazy going out, with all the fear that is surrounding people, all the difficulties and the challenges, they need to see people with faith. They need to see people who are unwavering. Not the people driven by fear. But the people who say, you know what, I believe. And just like building Lego, it's layer upon layer. We can construct a finished piece just by building layer upon layer, piece by piece. And there will be obstacles in the past. You know, you may not be able to find the piece that you want. Maybe you have to alter how you do things because doesn't all quite match and this battery is not working but this one is there will be obstacles there will be challenges but the obstacles are actually good for us the challenges are good for you because they will make you into the person that you're supposed to be when you invite God into the situation the same challenge without God involved has the possibility of destroying you. 
of destroying the very thing that was built inside of you. But when we invite God and say, God, do what you need to do through this time. Let me learn what I need to learn. Let me go through this obstacle with my hands held high in praise, knowing that you will get me through regardless of what is before me. Because the way through is the obstacle. And going through the obstacle will build your faith. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are far from Him, if it is a foreign concept, then I invite you today to come, come and talk to me. Come to put Him first in your life. Because without Him, going through an obstacle is just plain difficult. But with Him, oh my gosh, with Him, it makes so much more sense at the end of it. We're going to pray. We're going to close the meeting. If you want prayer, I will be down the front. I will pray with you if you so wish. But we have tea and coffee. There's morning tea. Soon the kids will be out. Stay fellowship for a while. Like I said, I'll be down the front if you want prayer. We have Maximize. The ladies style swap thing is happening this week. That's going to be massive. I know what I'll be doing this week. <laughs> but it's, it's a momentous time in this church. Because even though the world will see fivefold as a charity, it's a hand of the church. And it's our connection point to this community. Or another one, I should say. And there have been different times when we have had to change direction. We'll hear God's voice and say, God, this is not working. What do we do? And sometimes it's just the simple words, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that regardless of what is before us, you are greater than every obstacle that is ever imagined. Father, I lift up your people and I speak faith upon them that they won't be disheartened or discouraged, that they would see the obstacle as an opportunity to grow their faith, to be bigger in you and for you to be bigger than them. Father, I ask you to bless your people, guide them and direct them in all that they do this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.